The following program was made possible by the generosity of those who have determined to hold fast to the true Roman Catholic religion, as expounded by the Roman Catholic Church before the disasters of Vatican II and the so-called New Mass. Hello and welcome to What Catholics Believe. I'm your host, Thomas Nagley. With me tonight is Father William Jenkins. He is a member of the Society of St. Pius V. He's also the pastor of Immaculate Conception Church right here in Norwood, Ohio. Hello, Father. How are you? Very fine, Tom. Thanks be to God. And you? Good. Good. Doing well, Father. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you. Father, this is uh, another week where we continue to fight the uh, coronavirus COVID-19 crisis. Um, We have... Survived another week here in Ohio, at least um, with uh, with with public masses continuing. So we are certainly very very thankful for that. Um, a, a lot of the talk this week, Father, has been about the potential for a vaccine being developed uh, for this COVID nineteen, and there is a, a lot of concern, uh, definitely from from our viewers, and I know good good people across the world. There is a lot of concern about the, uh, th- this vaccine, the potential vaccine that's being, that's being uh, developed. I understand there are now around seven potential vaccines that are, are being researched uh, right now. And a lot of these, these potential vaccines, if not all of them, I understand are derived from uh, stem cells or cell lines of aborted babies. And so that certainly raises one, one ethical question. And so I'd like to, to get your, uh, your take on that, Father. How should, we, uh, how should we proceed with this vaccine if there is a successful vaccine for this COVID-19 that is developed, yet it is derived from, from cell lines of aborted babies? Um, how should, how should, should Catholics, uh, should we get this vaccine? What do we do if it's mandatory to get this vaccine? What are your, what are your thoughts on this? Well, Tom, actually, uh, the answer that I think of off the top of my head is actually multifaceted in a way. Oh <laughs> um, because of the origins of the vaccine, I wouldn't touch it. Okay. Yeah, I just think it would be morally, um, uh, morally impossible to touch this. What if it's mandated, though? I think it'd be morally impossible to touch it okay. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's another question that I wanted to get into also. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is being derived from the cells of aborted children. Okay, we've seen this happen to vaccines that have been developed in the past, but we've been lied to about the origins of those things. Uh, we've been lied to uh, concerning the actual use of the aborted children's cells, we've told so many different stories about them to try to minimize the connection, distance the vaccine from its actual origin that uh, it's very difficult to believe what we're told by any of uh, people pushing the vaccines. But um, there is the question, too, about um, the fact that um, the vaccines are currently being, um, being used as a means of social engineering. And that has to do with uh, not only the origins and the, um, shall we say, moral uprightness or perversity of those developing them, but the intentions of those developing them and what, how they want to use them. Are they intended to use, uh, are they intending to use those vaccines to protect us against a, a threat, a threat that they themselves have created to force us to seek to their vaccine, to flock to their vaccine, to save us from uh, something that they themselves have created, as I say, right? Um, after all, leftists have been saying for years they're going to use healthcare as the means to impose their agenda. Their agenda is that of social engineering. And uh, they want to socially engineer the entire human race now and cover the globe, the entire globe. They want globalism, <laughs> truly. Um, but um, even though that sounds like a rather tall order, there are people who are so rich in the world today 
that they actually think that they can play God. George Soros is famous for having said that his wealth and his ability to affect the currencies, even of nations, has made him feel godlike. And uh, another individual who is all about social engineering now is Bill Gates. And again, I mean, he's got tens of billions of dollars, and uh, he evidently feels that that gives him the uh, the right to engineer mankind, or to be at least a part of the engineering effort, the leftist engineering effort, effort to re-engineer, to retool mankind, as it were, reinvent mankind, right? So the Gates Foundation is very much, much involved in... Um, in developing these vaccines right now. That's where the money's going. Now, the Bill and Melinda Gates have been uh, kind of uh, monetary apostles of, of uh, birth control mm-hmm. and abortion for a long time now. So the fact that they've been using aborted st- uh, the, stem, the stem cells or the cells of aborted babies does not surprise me in the, in the slightest that they would find that would be a, a rich uh, place to harvest, um, you know, just uh, human cells for research. Um, But this um, development of a vaccine would be part of a social engineering process, much like they have begun in China right now, where they've instituted a social credit system. In fact, that social credit system uh, relies to a great extent on the poor Chinese people under the heel of communism, uh, using cell phones and having cell phones in their possession as though they were like the internal passports. This is one of the ways, by the way, people are trying to determine whether or not the COVID-19 disease uh, is really under control in China or not, because the Chinese want us to believe that it is. The communists want us to believe that it is, okay? And again, they're practicing the same deception, deception that they did when the virus virus was raging out of control back in January when they sent out word to all of their operatives throughout the world, buy up the world's uh, PVEs, the, the protective um, uh, medical gear, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, everything went, went um, basically from country upon country in the world shipped back to China for their use, only to have them then uh, turn around and sell it back to us sell it back to the rest of the world at a profit and also much of it arriving contaminated with the very virus that it was meant to help protect us from. This is what communists do. This is no surprise. Um, This is how they think. This is how they act. They are the enemies of mankind and of God above all. But um, they have this social credit system now whereby people have to have a score which will determine whether or not they are uh, they're acceptable to the communists, the communist party. And if they have not performed well for the communist party, they can't travel. There are stores they can't shop in. They are uh, like internal second, third, fourth class citizens. Uh, it's the caste system, but the caste, social caste, is being determined by the communist party now. Determines what you deserve. But you, what they can trust you with, the liberties, not liberties, the, the privileges that they can bestow upon you or take away any time. <clears throat> this is the kind of thing they're talking about. They're floating now with this vaccine <clears throat> that uh, we cannot expect to be um, uh, returned to normal, okay, our normal way of life with our normal liberties and our normal prerogatives until... We are vaccinated. This is what Bill Gates is saying. This is what these people are saying right now. (laughs) We're going to have to be vaccinated in order to um, resume life, ever know life as it had been before. (laughs) And those who are not vaccinated, what then? They're even joking about it being this invisible ink they stamp on your skin or the skin of your children. (laughs) That'll wear off after so many years and you have to get it renewed. Another vaccination. You know, that's the question now. What are they gonna do with this vaccination? What is in this thing? Chips. <clears throat> They're talking about chipping people now. <clears throat> so everybody has his own DNA. Okay. They want to go farther than that. <clears throat> they want to assign you uh, 
an identity that they can track, okay? <clears throat> and uh, that they will always know your whereabouts. In China, it would be with your cell phone. You'd better have that cell phone with you because, again, that is your internal passport. 21 million, well, as it was about uh, three weeks ago now, 21 million cell phone accounts had been canceled in China. Well, that's 21 million identities, people were saying. They were, they were supposing that those um, cell phones went with people and they were the, the person's electronic identity. That was the interface between the, the, the Communist Party and the slaves, those they've enslaved in China. And when 21 million cell phone accounts disappear in China, that represents that people are surmising 21 million people who've disappeared in China. Now in China, they would just, they wouldn't even bat an eye at that. Mm -hmm. Tom, there are stories uh, that are escaping China now from people who are desperately trying to get word out what's going on, often at great peril to themselves, about uh, witnessing people, living people, infected with the coronavirus, but living people, still, still struggling for breath, who are zipped up in body bags and shut off to the crematorium. And people are being cremated by the thousands and thousands. And uh, they're just, again, disappearing. <clears throat> are their cell phones disappearing with them into the, into the ashes? I don't know. But the fact that uh, those accounts have disappeared, I, I think that is unprecedented in the modern history of China, that they've had such happen. Mm -hmm. So they're thinking, <clears throat> in conjunction with this coronavirus, there's something, there's something going on over there. Mm -hmm. Now, that's what Bill Gates wants to bring over here. Not cremating uh, living people, is that what I'm saying? But if he wants to, well, who knows? Look at they're doing to the babies, right? Yeah. He's all about abortion, yeah. right? Yeah. Look what they're doing to babies, right? The saline solutions, burning them to death in their mother's wombs. I mean, communists are murderous, but abortionists are much more murderous than any communists. I mean, Mao Zedong boasted that, what, 20 million people have died for the glory of communism. 20 million people. What is that to an abortionist? Yeah, the abortion uh, business, because that's what it is, right? <clears throat> has murdered many times more than that. Um, so abortionists are much more murderous than communists. And, uh, and actually, if it's possible, even more deceitful. Mm -hmm. Even more deceitful mm -hmm. in pushing their agenda. So I fear that this is what we're going to be seeing now in the future. They're coming up with this, vi this uh, vaccine. Yes, I'd heard seven, but I'd heard that, that the Gates Foundation itself, or Bill Gates, who, by the way, curiously enough, right, just on the cusp of this, this pandemic that he has been predicting, he has been predicting uh, for years now, even meeting with people about the coming pandemic, even advising steps that they should take to prepare for it, to prepare themselves financially for the coming pandemic, okay? That this Bill Gates now uh, resigns from the board of the company he created. He resigns just in time to devote himself full-time to this philanthropic, philanthropic purpose of ushering the world's population through this crisis. What a coincidence. It's as though he resigns just in time and then all of a sudden, the pandemic arrives. Well, well, isn't that a coincidence? Mm -hmm. Right? Did you know that? He knew who he resigned from the yeah, board. Yeah, yeah. To free himself up, to devote himself full time to this. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I fear that he's going to bring in this uh, social credit system. And those of us who are not going to allow ourselves to be vaccinated by his vaccine are going to be uh, punished, punished forever in the fires of uh, Bill Gates' own personal hell here on Earth. Yeah. In fact, I came up you know, praying to our Lord. I said, well, Lord, please deliver us from the gates of hell and from the hell of gates. Because I think that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to create a hell. Yeah, yeah. So deliver us from the power of the gates of hell and deliver us from the, the power of the, of, of the hell of, of gates. You know, yeah. is Bill Gates one of the gates of hell? Mm -hmm. But if this is what we're dealing with here, our Lord said the gates of hell shall not prevail. So I just wonder how many of these gates of hell 
are here on Earth, we have an idea how many gates of hell there are in actual hell, right? But uh, here on Earth, well, I'm afraid we're going to we're going to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's a uh, there's a very famous or perhaps infamous, uh, I believe it was a TED talk that Bill Gates gave, I think, in in 2015. And the title of it was The Next Outbreak, <clears throat> question mark, We're Not Ready. Mm. And he, he talked a lot about this, again, the, this coming pandemic. And uh, I, I believe it was was the same talk where he uh, he talked about the need to reduce carbon CO2 emissions. And his, his brilliant formula that he came up with was to reduce the population of, of the world. And there's a very... Uh, very very poignant line where he, he says that uh, if we do a really great job with vaccines and reproductive health care mm. um, that, that we can reduce the world's population by, by 10 to 15 percent mm. and you, you think about that how you know if we do a great job with well first mm. of all if we do a great job with health care wouldn't you think health if, if healthcare, we, first of all who's yeah who's we? the we right. <laughs> who's the we yeah. and, and who's setting this agenda for them mm -hmm. To reduce the world's population. Yeah. Now, how do you re reduce the world's population unless you block it from reproducing? Yeah. Bringing new life. And to you the deteriorate world. its At the health. same time, people die. Yeah. You make people die. Yeah. That's how you do it. You make people die, mm -hmm. and you make it so certain people never, mm -hmm. never survive. Mm -hmm. And never he says survive. to do that with vaccines, how, mm -hmm. how, and healthcare. Um, how it's so ironic is that? But yeah, and, and you know, you you think about what's what's going on now. Like you said, he's been predicting this pandemic but his his driving um mantra for for years now has been just reduce the world's population we need less people less people less people so when this pandemic comes along i mean does this not play perfectly into into his designs is this not Tom, exactly think, what think he of wants? the georgia guidestones yeah yeah reduce number the world's one population. the world population shall not exceed 500 million people mm -hmm. yeah well guess what a lot of people have to die that's right and a lot of births have to be prevented yep and it sounds like Bill Gates is now the angel of death mm -hmm. with the robe, <laughs> the scythe. Yeah. And he's the one now who's going to be very successful, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, reduce the world's population. Yeah, and at, and at the same time, Father, he's uh, by many being heralded as, as some great uh, friend of mankind because he is investing hundreds of millions of dollars in, in these vaccine mm -hmm. uh, development. And, uh, you know, they can, many people will, will point to that and say, look, look how, how great he's trying to, to save lives. He's trying to, uh, to, yeah. to, to, better, to better people. But he's heavily invested in Monsanto. Yes. Yep. Okay, millions and millions and millions of dollars in Monsanto, yep. trying to control the world's food supply, mm -hmm. right? And, um, I mean, he, he claims his father, his father was a board member in Planned Parenthood. Yes, yes. And he says he sat around the table listening to his mother and father, mostly father, talk about his plans and his dreams and his visions. Mm -hmm. Well, Bill, Bill Gates caught that virus. Yes. And it uh, looks as though he wants the rest of us to get it too. Um, well, um, I, I, I would just have to say, if they produce this virus, vaccine, absolutely. Uh, well, if they produce the virus, that's another <laughs> yeah. thing. More information is coming out now about that, about the origin of the virus itself. Yeah, and more talk is coming around to acknowledge that, yes, this is very likely, and there are all kinds of fingers pointing in that direction, yeah. very likely a product of that Wuhan bio laboratory. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, the evidence is becoming really compelling that it came out of that laboratory. And the female uh, researcher who was behind all of this, bat researcher, has disappeared. She's gone. Uh, of course, the communists are assuring us she's alive and well, they can't produce her though, and they can't tell us where. And and her profile has disappeared on that lab page. Okay, she's gone. Uh, she's been disappeared. Okay, maybe she's vacationing somewhere with Hillary Clinton right now. I don't know, or Vince or Vince Foster. I don't know. But in any case, um, so there are so many uh, suspicious things going on there. They, they where there's smoke, there's definitely fire, and that fire was raging in that, that laboratory in Wuhan. Mm -hmm. So um, the, uh, I'd say people just, we, we have to, we're going to have to refuse that vaccine. Uh, 
And they may hold us down and inject us with it against their will. We can't help with that. But they're going to be injecting us with a lot of other things that they're not telling us about that. But not only that, if they make it mandatory, that in itself is clear. That tells you right away, okay, there's a reason why they they can't let you live without this. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, uh, whatever you do, see what's coming here and realize... Yeah, the mark of the beast is definitely behind this. This is the gates of hell. And do you think, Father, that that this this could be uh, the mark of the beast, at least in some way? We've had a lot of a lot of questions about that. You know, if this is some kind of mandatory, uh, there's a lot of talk of this ID twenty twenty mm-hmm. program. I believe this this digital ID that they want everyone to have that that mm-hmm. correlates with their vaccination record. And mm-hmm. there, there's talk of you know not being able to to travel across state lines and could it eventually get to the point where we're not allowed to buy or sell or trade without this this well, that's digital book of the apocalypse says exactly exactly, that. exactly. Yeah. do you think that this this could lead to that well uh, i do yeah i mean will that happen yes eventually it will yes when it, will it happen we don't know but it's divine revelation that it will happen uh yes i see this as being a very well an enormous step in that direction a very blatant step mm-hmm. um and that's why i mean I, i'll just continue referring this as the gates of hell yeah. We don't want to go through those gates. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no, we have to uh, resist going there. Even if he succeeds in taking the rest of mankind with him, we cannot go. Mm-hmm. Right? Cannot mm-hmm. go there. Right. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> this means we have to pray, too. We pray very hard. Pray for strength for ourselves, certainly. But we have to pray for the people involved, right? The victims. And yes, even the perpetrators. We have to pray for them, too. Mm-hmm. That they recognize what's going on here. I mean, you know, the, we talked about the book, The Lord of the World, by yes. Monsignor Robert U. Benson some time ago. And uh, this is like taking the book, The Lord of the World, <clears throat> and digitizing it, re- moving it into the digital world now. And um, bringing it into the, the world of biomedical research and all the rest. So updating that book by 120 years, whatever um th- then this is what you'd see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. father what uh what have you seen from from francis lately if if anything i mean here we have this uh this great worldwide crisis happening and he is the uh ostensible leader of, of billions of of catholics uh novus ordo catholics worldwide what what guidance is well, the he first offering? thing he does unsolicited is shut the churches down Okay. Right? Yeah. First thing he did. Yep. And then there was pressure. He opened them up, but wouldn't let their liturgy be celebrated. Yep. So that everybody could attend. Now, you and I would not lament that, because that's what came out of Vatican II. That's, and that is every bit as deadly as the virus that came out of Wuhan bio laboratories. What came out of the laboratory, the laboratory of Vatican II, is every bit as deadly, and it is modernism. And it is, it is the modernist virus, okay? Um, it's, it's basically the theological version of the coronavirus, or what I would call COVID-19, because this is a... Doctors who've been researching this just find it to be the most peculiar thing. Uh, and the more they, they find, the more they find not only under the microscope, uh, but the more they find of its effects in people, the more they find this very puzzling. It's a novel virus, but I don't know that they even realized how novel it was. And they're trying to get a handle on what what is this thing doing and why is it doing this to us? Uh, So, um, by the way, just another step uh, in this path here, you mentioned Francis, but I, I wanted to mention this too. Uh, there are two very, very prominent advisors for President Trump right now. <clears throat> One of them is uh, Deborah Burks, B-I-R-X, M-D, <clears throat> and the other is Anthony Fauci, M-D, okay? They're always on these conferences, these, these press briefings with him, with President Trump, okay? <clears throat> um, Burks was appointed under the Obama administration, <clears throat> and Fauci's been around for several five or six presidential administrations. 
And uh, I'd, I'd say that does not bode well because President Trump has kept people on who have been careerists. And now we know them as deep staters and he's finding out that they are not our friends, certainly not his friends. So I wonder why we continue doing this type of thing. But it has come to light that both Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci have a very heavy uh, connection, monetary, financial connection with Bill Gates. And Bill Gates is very much involved in funding uh, the uh, organizations uh, on whose boards these people sit. Um, and Dr. Fauci himself, you know, who before had talked about how beneficial hydroxychloroquine has been uh, in treating the previous coronavirus that we were fighting, right? Now he's, oh, it's only accidental. You can't count on that. You know, he's really standoffish about it. <clears throat> he's very much involved in, uh, in this with Bill Gates, who is trying to produce the vaccine now. And uh, so it's not in their interest to find a cure. It's in their interest to find the vaccine. Yeah. They want to hold out for the vaccine. So the fact that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks are there on either side of, of Trump, and they're giving us the party line, as it were, on uh, the coronavirus. The, I say the, there are multiple. I'm talking about uh, what they call SARS-CoV-2, which is the actual pathogen itself. And COVID-19, which is the actual disease you get when you're infected and uh, you then show signs of infection. Um, they're, they're up to their knees in this. They're up to their, they're, no, they're up to their eyeballs, as it were, um, in this whole the idea uh, with Bill Gates of a vaccine. And uh, that we, we know what they're going to try to do with that vaccine. Francis now, for years now, since 2000, since March of 2013, has been having these meetings in the Vatican, the uh, you know Pontifical Academy of Sciences and so on, with these one world globalist population control leaders. They, ha they have featured prominently in all of these meetings he's had in the Vatican, population control leaders, okay? And uh, they're all they're all in this together. They're all uh, united, as it were, <clears throat> pulling in one direction. Francis and uh, this business going out of the Vatican. What did Signor Ettore uh, Tedeschi, mm. Edward, yeah. um, the former head of the, the yes. Vatican Bank? Right, right. Yeah. What did he say? <clears throat> he said that uh, they're preparing a religion of, I think he said, Gnostic ec uh, ecology. Environmentalism. Environmentalism or yeah. environmentalist Gnosticism. I mean, yeah. either way, it works yeah. both ways. And, um, you know, this is just another manifestation of the same idea <laughs> of uh, the, 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 the global warming and the climate change business. It's, it's all been this, about getting the, the, the mass of humanity, as it were, worked up, excited, frantic, uh, pleading for a savior from governments. Save us from global warming. Oh, save us from climate change. Oh, now they found, you know, let's save us from Trump. Now it's save us from the virus. Save us from the virus. You know? And uh, you see how much power um, governments have seized over whole populations that were throughout the world. Mm -hmm. uh, in the name of this virus, they found they found the key, didn't they? Gates knew what the key was going to be, though. Mm -hmm. And there are those who are already blaming the virus on global global warming <laughs> and climate change. Yeah, Francis. They're tying it together. Francis, Francis did, did that. Yeah, yeah. And Francis says this is Mother Earth having a fit. Mm -hmm. Exactly the description that we're given of Pachamama by her worshippers. That Earth. Mother throws a fit because she's being mistreated. Mm -hmm. Francis is a true follower. Yeah. He's a true believer yeah. of the of the paganism, of the Pachamama. Mm -hmm. It shows from that statement. Mm -hmm. um, so he's he's totally on board with this mm -hmm. uh, one world globalist view. By the way, <clears throat> I don't know if the doctors and nurses of America were on board with globalism. I don't know. You know. 
maybe the vast majority of those involved in the medical community with the AMA and the rest were favoring the idea of globalism. But when they are treating, when they are caring for uh, COVID-19 patients, when they're going in for surgery and they can't get, they can't get the N95 masks they need to protect themselves because they've been shipped to China or they're being shipped to Mexico or they're being shipped to Canada. But our own physicians and our own nurses don't have them. <clears throat> they're, they're looking into the jaws of globalism. This is what globalism is all about, <clears throat> right? Taking the supplies that we need and sending them somewhere else, shipping them off to China. Italy learned the hard way. Well, I don't know. Did Italy learn? You know what happened there? You know, when the, when the coronavirus outbreak occurred back in, well, when it became known in January of this mm. year, Italy shipped tons of protective medical gear to China as a gift. And the Chinese, now that Italy is racked with this horrible, you know, experience um, in northern Italy, you know, with the people suffering in the intensive care units and so on. China is selling that same gear back to the Italians. Selling it back to them. Mm. This, was a, this is what communists do. <clears throat> By the way, uh, people were asking, what uh, doctors were asking, okay, why is this hitting northern Italy so hard? Why did it hit Wuhan so hard? And why did it hit Northern Italy so hard? And some have suggested pollution, industrial pollution. In China, China is the worst industrial polluter in the, in the face of the world, in the history of the world. Okay, we know that for a fact, okay? And um, Wuhan is a large city, like 11 million people. They've got industry there. Supposedly, the lungs of the people living there have been under attack from this industrial pollution for a long, long time now. But northern Italy, the same way. And, uh, Italy's industry is in the north. It's not in the south. And uh, the, the story that I've been reading is that industrial pollution in northern Italy is, is on a par with that of China, Wuhan. And it is known that there are a lot of respiratory illnesses going back years in uh, in northern Italy, that the people have, have basically grown up living in this, this goldfish bowl of pollution there. And so doctors are saying this is exactly what we would expect to happen if we realized that their respiratory health is already compromised. It doesn't take much now to become deadly for them. So uh, they're, putting, they're beginning to put things together. They're beginning to see that two plus two does equal four. And as they're finding things out, they're finding that there's a long history and a long reach to these tentacles. Uh, they're researching more and more, and it's all pointing in one direction. That is where they're, where they're taking us next, or where they want to take us next. Mm -hmm. Father, what do you make of the, the mindset, the, the outlook on this, this whole crisis that says, uh, you know, with all the research we do, we, we see that this was that this was manufactured, it, it seems, and um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of, of media clips and whatnot going around now that that's trying to uh, trying trying to show the dishonesty of the media. They're saying that uh, you know they they've been hyping this up, they've been exaggerating the the, the numbers, the amount of cases that we've seen. Uh, there, there's a lot of videos circulating around the internet where. Uh, It'll you know it'll compare and contrast a, a clip of say CBS you know saying saying how incredibly bad this crisis is. There are lines out the door of the hospital, and then someone will go to the hospital and actually film it there, and they'll, they'll see nothing of the sort. They'll walk mm. into the waiting room and see nothing mm. but em empty seats in there. And so let's say this is being blown out of proportion. Well, one report even took footage of the boards in Italy, hmm? in Milan, yeah. or you know, yeah. because they they didn't have anything to show 
of, of that here in the United States. Yeah. They had nothing to put yeah. on the air. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they did. Yeah, but but what do you make of, of the mindset that says, well, the media is obviously lying to us. This is not that big of a deal, so I'm not going to worry about it. We need to just continue living our, our normal lives. We need to ignore the media, and this really is is being hyped up to way more than it actually is. We should not be very concerned about it. Just live our normal lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't don't worry about all the. Uh, regulations and, and restrictions that are being imposed on us. Just well, keep living. You know, what do you think about that? I, I don't think it's true. In other words, I don't think it's true that this is nothing to worry about. Okay. Uh, this seems to be a very virulent flu. It, it is a novel virus. It has certain characteristics that would make you think that if you were going to weaponize a virus, this is what you do that this is the perfect weaponized virus, right? Uh, it, it's very stealthy in its transmission. It's, it's very uh, easily transmitted. It, people are asymptomatic for days, who knows, maybe weeks, and they're communicating this virus to others. Some, as they say, will never know they have the virus because they have no symptoms, but they can communicate the virus to others who will suffer and even die from it. So talk about weaponizing a virus. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it takes hold and the symptoms develop very rapidly. So rapidly, in fact, that a large number of people, maybe a small percentage of the number who have the virus, but nonetheless, a large number in itself suddenly appears looking for medical help and need, need help to survive. And the healthcare system is overwhelmed. The doctors and nurses are overwhelmed, especially when you've taken away from them the protective year they need to fight this battle. Uh, it is cruel and uh, worthy of communists to do something like this, certainly. Mm-hmm. Worthy of communists and actually worthy of abortionists, too, mm-hmm. to do something like this. Um, who say abortion must go on in the midst of this, even though we need protective gear for our abortions that we're keeping from our hospitals. Yeah. We need those here to do these abortions. I mean, how, how vicious can you get to say mm-hmm. these things? But anyway, um, so Tom, the, uh, I don't agree that this virus is nothing to worry about. I mean, I know doctors and nurses who are on the front lines now, and they're telling me what they're seeing, and it, it, it does concern me for their welfare. I do believe they are in danger. And uh, to read about the actual physical effects it has on an individual person, I mean, it would really, you know, freeze your blood. I mean, it's, you know, you shake your head and you say, oh, God preserve me from dying that way. It would be awful, you know, just awful. So your heart goes out to these people and you have to realize, uh, you know, Fauci says, oh, this hydrochloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, that, that's, that's just anecdotal. He just dismisses it. Well, so are all these stories of these people dying in this way. That's anecdotal. It's all anecdotes. But it's serious. It's serious business. And, uh, you know, I I would consider it serious. Obviously, if I were dying that way, if you were dying that way, if one of your loved ones was dying that way, if a total stranger was dying that way, Mm -hmm. you know, I would consider it to be a serious matter. Mm -hmm. I don't consider it to be a matter of numbers so much. Um... However, um, at the same time, I I just want to point out, there are people who have devoted their lives to studying infectious diseases, who say that the measures being taken now are the exact opposite of what needs to be done. There are people, I mean, these, these are seriously credentialed researchers and doctors who devoted their lives to studying these matters. And they've been following this virus and they've been trying to figure out what it does and why it does it. And they're saying that the steps being taken by governments uh, throughout the world are the exact opposite of what needs to be done right now. Um, You know, I have uh, links to a variety of them, but I don't necessarily want to get them now, but people can find that out. People can find these things for themselves. And they are finding these things for themselves. There are doctors in New York who are actually treating uh, COVID-19 patients right now who've gone online and, and, and made public, look, this is not like any other virus. 
this, there's something wrong. There's something wrong in the way we're treating these people. We're not treating them effectively with these ventilators. In some cases, he says, we may be causing them to die because of the employment of these ventilators. Um, so there are more and more voices being raised, um, not only in our country, but also in German, for example, in Germany. Uh, Angela Merkel received an open letter from one of the most prominent uh, uh, infectious disease researchers in Germany. I think he might originally, he might have been born of Nepalese, but his uh, parents were evidently in the diplomatic corps and serving in Germany. And in, in just beautiful German, high German, Hochdeutsch, he explains on the internet <coughs> what he sees in this. He, he put it into an open letter to Angela Merkel. It is available online. But he's explaining why this, is, why this reaction is wrong. And Germany has a rather low incidence of this, relatively speaking now. Um, so, um, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot being said about this right now. But you're right, the media is driving this because it's all part of the, it's all part of the push, as you were, part of the effort, right? Mm -hmm. They're all on board to accomplish this social engineering, the social credit system, here in America that is built around this vaccine that, that Bill, Vi Bill Virus, <laughs> Bill Gates is pushing right now. Mm -hmm. With mandatory vaccinations and the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. um, so I, um, you know, when you talk about this, you know, people are seeing how uh, dishonest the media is. Well, I'm, I would say there, there are a lot of people who are in the media, reporters and so on, who are not being intentionally dishonest. They're just repeating what they're hearing. Sure. Okay. But those uh, in high places, or those who are driving, driving the whole media business right now, they know, right? They are very, uh, very open about shutting down any narrative they don't want people to hear and promoting the narratives they do want them to hear. Um, and that's not an accident. That's a very, very uh, deliberate decision that, that is being made. And so that's what comes down the pipeline. Mm -hmm. And some of those on the, on the local level in the media have discovered this and actually raised their voices and said, look, this is not so. We're, we're being deceived here. Why are we sparking this story and promoting that story when, you know, there's evidence that the exact opposite is the truth? Um, people are beginning to catch on, some of them, and then they disappear. Not that they're killed, they're just fired, they'll let go. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, this is what we're up against. Mm. But why would anybody be surprised at that? I mean, if, if someone were to find out, okay, the communist Chinese sent word through their construction operatives throughout the world, buy up all the medical supplies, right, that would protect against an infectious disease, a pandemic, buy them up and send them back to China. Be very quiet about it. Just go ahead and take care of it. Do it. So I've heard numbers as high as like billions of N95 masks right, uh, being shipped, uh, shipped back to China. Okay. If somebody hears that and finds that out, and that that's why we are scrambling yeah. for this. Um, and uh, then that those masks are, are offered to be, to be resold to us, okay, at inflated prices. And some of them are arriving infected already. Why would anybody be surprised? We're dealing with communists. Why would anybody be surprised at that? And yet administration after administration after administration have been dealing with the communists, all in the name of globalism. Now we're dealing with the consequences. We're reaping the harvest of that right now. Mm-hmm. And um, President Trump seems to have had some uh, awareness of the fact that you can't. You, there's only one way to deal with communists, and that is not deal with them. <laughs> right. But you see now, yeah. you see now the situation, right? Yeah. Uh, I I personally agree that uh, this is the the leader of the Communist Party in China. This is this is his also a hand in getting rid of Trump yeah. for having dared challenged communist 
domination yeah. in trade. Uh, it's astounding to me that he's still going uh, as he is, is with all of this. I, we just have to keep praying for him, mm -hmm. that he sees through all of this and realizes if he's, if he's being manipulated and mis misled, we pray that he'll discover that and that he, you know, will find the means to uh, remedy the situation. Mm -hmm. Father, let, let me ask you, frankly, how close do you think that we can be to the end times? Because I, I, want to, I um, wrote down a couple of things that, that we've talked about tonight. I want to try and tie all of this together here um, where, you know, we talked a lot about the... Uh, the vaccine, digital implant, digital ID uh, type thing. And we talked about how that could be the mark of the beast. Um, we talked about the uh, the idol worship in, in the Vatican. Um, you know, could could that not be the, the definition of the abomination of, of desolation? We also, we have the uh, the climate change, uh, that's that, that whole agenda that's been pushed on us. And we now, you know, with, with Francis's Amazonian Senate, there was so much talk of essentially nature worship, mm -hmm. which we know is going to be the religion of the Antichrist. And we have Francis saying that this COVID-19 is a, is a result of nature having a fit. And so it seems it's one tiny logical step mm -hmm. to say, well, now we need to make reparation to nature and um, do continue to do what he did, which is have this, this nature worship essentially in the Vatican of all places. So again, the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. Um, again, we're talking about globalism here, this one kind of bringing everything together, bringing all, all peoples together. You know, there's all this talk of a, a borderless world. Um, and that certainly lends itself to the idea of the Antichrist. We tie that in with the, the growing cry that, you know, we need someone to save us from this. Would that not perfectly uh, lead us to the idea of an antichrist. And perhaps worst of all, Father, with this great crisis that we're facing, there is um, essentially no no real visible church to lead us through this crisis. You know, I think the one great difference between this crisis and all the, the other crises that, that the church has been through in the past is we actually had the, the, the very, very visible church to lead us through this. And now, we have a church that is in, in shambles because of, of modernism. And um, with, with all of these, these restrictions, uh, these sanctions that are being imposed on us all over the place uh, on religious worship, religious services in particular, it, it seems very easy that, that this could drive the church underground. And does that not lend itself to the, uh, the, in the Gospels when our Lord said, you know, when the Son of Man returns to earth, do you think that he will find faith on earth, implying that it could be underground? So do you think, Father, that there's any connection to all of this? Do you see all of this um, actually coming to fruition? Do you think that these could be um, the, the things that we reference here, the mark of the beast, the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place? Do you think all of this could very easily lead us to the end times, to the Antichrist? Oh, I think that's where it is leading. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how close do you think we are? I don't know. I mean, uh, do we still have the power to avert it? Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. Right? Always. Uh, yeah. Our Lady told us the what we need to do. It's a matter of repentance, right? Francis says we have to appease Mother Earth right. when we've wronged. <laughs> yeah. We've outraged her. He says this is not God doing this. This is You can't say this is God doing this. So we don't have to appease God and his justice because of our sins. No, no, no. We have to appease Mother Earth because of the wrongs that we've done to offend her. This is Francis's line. This is his faith. This is his religion. And, uh, you know, this is the example that is given by one who just really re recently, by the way, in issuing the new Honorario Pontificio, uh, uh, the Honorario uh, Pontificio. Honorario Pontificio is the, it's the yearbook of the church. Uh, published in Latin, usually I think it's still published in Latin, but in the, the opening pages of that he has at least implicitly renounced the title of Vicar of Christ. Uh, Remember that? Yeah, yeah. He renounced it. Now you have his Jorge Maria Bergoglio and you have uh, his biography. <clears throat> okay, The title of Vicar of Christ does not appear. Okay. Um, this is all part of the approaching the end times, no doubt about it. Right. Um, but the fact is, even though I believe, yes, we are, in fact, uh, rapidly approaching those times. Now, how long those times will last, I don't know. But things are moving 
very rapidly mm -hmm. now in that direction. But we still have the, have the power, because we have the grace from God, to repent of our sins and beg him for mercy. And, uh, you know, so when you say, can this be averted, we just have to say, well, can God, does God have the power to change this? Does the Blessed Mother have the power by her intercession to obtain for us the graces from God to avert it? The answer is yes. Um, but clearly, there would have to be a change in course. Mm -hmm. And uh, that would be an individual thing where people cooperate with the grace of God and turn back to him and repent of their sins. So that's got to be our message now, right? Mm -hmm. It's the message from heaven. It's the message of our Blessed Mother at Fatima. Mm -hmm. And so this has had to have been our message all along, and it must be our message now. The interesting thing now is that there are so many people who seem to be thinking along those lines. I mean, uh, <clears throat> who would have thought uh, uh, Hulk Hogan, I mean, would <clears throat> come out and say, look, uh, the answer to this is in prayer. It's in following Jesus Christ. No vaccine is going to save us from this. I mean, who would have thought? You, know? you, you, you find these, these uh, celebrities who are coming out with these horrible blasphemies, but then you find, you, you hear people you wouldn't expect <laughs> to be saying things that are true, you know, <laughs> as though they actually had some scintilla of faith in them. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you hear something like that, you think, well, I mean, there's a grace at work. Yeah. So uh, that should just remind us that God's grace is, is, is not in any way uh, somehow diluted. God's grace is not any less powerful than it was, quite the contrary. So uh, this, is, this has to be our message. We, we, have to, we have to reach for those rosaries and we have to pray the rosaries. And um, we have to attend the, the tradition. We have to go back to practicing the traditional Catholic faith. What produced those new rites of the Novus Ordo Mass and sacraments was modernism. That's the COVID-19 of the church. That's what happened at Vatican II. <clears throat> and um, we have to go back to practice the traditional mass, traditional sacraments, receiving only those and uh, believing the traditional faith, embracing the traditional catechisms, and so on. Uh, so this has to be the practice of our religion. Uh, there are a lot of people who are coming around to that idea now, to coming more and more to understand that, even though they're still very confused, uh, because they're still looking to Francis. But what they find coming from Francis is they're beginning to recognize more and more not the Catholic faith. So it does provide an opportunity for the truth to get through. Mm -hmm. And if the truth doesn't get through because we are too lazy or too cowardly to speak the truth, then God help us, then it is our fault. So if, uh, if there's a failure, if souls are going to be lost now, we don't want it to be the ones, we don't want to be responsible for that loss. We don't want it because of something we did or failed to do. So we have to be better Catholics than ever been before. Mm -hmm. And Father, just one one last thing. I, I think um, that you know, as as dire as as things may be, as bleak as things may seem to be, that uh, it uh, it was just a matter of days ago that we celebrated the feast day of Saint Vincent Fair, and was that uh, Sunday on Sunday. That's right. And and I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, he 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 was titled as the the angel of the apocalypse or the mm -hmm. apostle of the end times, something along those lines. And right. it was, if I understand correctly, it was because in his his time, the uh, I think the, the 13 and the 1400s, God was prepared to end the world. Uh, well, everyone th seemed to think so because yeah. society was completely coming unglued. Mm -hmm. uh, endless wars yes. throughout the entire century, right? And uh, also the... The century began, right, with Clement V, I think it was, Boniface VIII dying, right? And then Clement V uh, removing the papacy to Avignon. Mm. So you had the Babylonian captivity of the papacy. Yeah. For the first 70 years or so, right, of that century. And then when uh, the Pope finally did return to Rome, the Great Western Schism yeah. for the next 50 years, essentially, okay? Uh, 40 years anyway. 
And um, what, a, what a horrible time that was. Yeah. A time when people didn't even know, you know, well, who is the, the real Pope or who is, you know, who is the Pope? First you had two claimants, then you had three, yeah. and even saints could not agree. Uh, talk about diabolical confusion or uh, diabolical disorientation. Yeah. And then on top of that, you had the plague, the Black, the black Plague. Ravaging. I mean, one out of every three, one out of every four people in Europe died, horribly died. Uh, it's called the Black Plague because of the bleeding and the, uh, it was just awful. So no wonder people thought it was the end times, the end of the world were upon them. And maybe they would have been, except for repentance. Yeah. People repented. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at a century like that, that was such a total disaster, like hell on earth, right? <clears throat> Uh, like hell had been let loose on earth. <clears throat> and um, similar to our own times now, there are exorcists who are saying there's an enormous rise of demonic activity now, right. all coinciding with this virus and this total disruption of society. Um, but we saw what happened in the 1300s, 14th century, in the time of uh, St. Vincent Ferrer. We realize repentance is still within the grasp. God is still appealing to us, pleading to us uh, for our repentance because he wills not the death of the sinner, but that he be converted and live. That's God's will. Right. Is it ours? Is the only question right now, right? And so that's what we have to do. Yeah, we have uh, St. Vincent Ferrer as a great patron, and here his feast day fell on Palm Sunday this okay. year. So it's, uh, I would say that's a significant <laughs> development. Um, you know, our, our Lady told us at Fatima that, that in the end her Immaculate Heart would triumph. We have to keep our eyes on that, right? No matter what else we see, we have to look beyond all of this. We really do. That's what Catholics do. I mean, they, they have the viewpoint of eternity. They see things for eternity. Catholics can see things through the eyes of our Lord Jesus Christ, even through God the Father in heaven, Right? We can see things from the viewpoint of eternity. <clears throat> God enables us to, to see these things, okay? Now, I'm not saying that we're all mystics and we're all seers. And that's not what I mean at all. But our Lord has given us that vantage point from, to, look, to look at the things of the world, to look at what sin really is, to look at what vice really is, but then also to see what virtue really is. This is what our Lord has come to teach us. Precisely to give us that perspective, that vantage point of heaven in viewing all things on earth. And so we need to be able to look upon, to look past all of this temporary stuff and look to what heaven itself has told us. And we know the victory is our Lord Jesus Christ's victory. We know what it is. No one can snatch it away from him, right? He is victorious. The only question is, will we share that victory or not? That's the only question. Will we individually share that victory or not? Uh, will we hear the words, you know, depart from me, you accursed ones, into the everlasting fires of hell? Or will we hear the words, come ye blessed of my Father and take possession of the kingdom? This is a decision that we're making day by day. And nobody can make the decision for us. We have to make it for ourselves. But our Lord has enabled us to look beyond all of the little, you know, vicissitudes and the vagaries of the world and to see the ultimate reality, you know, and the ultimate outcome of it all, as the saints now see in heaven even. They have no sense of urgency, as we do, because they see. They see in God, right, the disposition of all things. They see these things. So uh, we need to try to see more from that point of view and to look over the heads of all of this tumult and see the, the goal, what Our Lady said, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It will happen. So we have to conduct ourselves with a conviction that it will happen. Mm -hmm. And when it happens, we want to uh, have contributed to, to that in any way we can. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, Father, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for your time. Thank, oh, you, for, uh, thank you for all that, that you're doing right now. Thank you for uh, continuing to offer the Mass every single day and, and administer the sacraments and all that you do. So thank you. Thank you oh, for that. Well, you're very welcome. I, I actually thank our people because they've been very cooperative. Mm -hmm. Uh, in making it possible, all I'm doing is try to try to. I, I feel like I'm I'm kind of in the in the raft in the back with the rudder, yes. you know, 
with the yes. white water and all that. The people are the ones doing the leaning here and there, and you know they're <laughs> they're they're following through. And and so far so good. I mean they've negotiated this this class six rapids very very well, and I'm very grateful. To, I'm very proud of them actually in a way, uh, in a good way, not a bad way. Um, but uh, we're also blessed to have a governor who so far has resisted the pressures, yeah. the mighty pressures. I mean, in a recent press conference, he was being, he was being pressed, pressed to tighten up the regulations, to clamp down harder on Ohioans. And he said that he sees that it's going well. They're doing well. They're, they're cooperating. They're being as helpful as they can and doing what they can to... to uh, <laughs> to, uh, you know, keep Ohio mm -hmm. from being ravaged by this disease. So he said, I don't need to do anything more right. because they're doing it. Uh -huh. That's actually what you need in a public official, yeah. right? Yeah. Somebody who's not mad with power. Oh, I can do this. Or let me think what else I can do. Fortunately, by the grace of God, uh, that's not Governor DeWine. So yeah. uh, we appreciate his uh, his moderation also. Yes. Yeah. With it all governors uh, were as moderate as he <laughs> in, uh, in the way he sees this and his role in this. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Father, thanks for being here. God bless you. Thank you, Tim. You yep. too. And all of our listeners, too. Yeah. Thanks to all of our viewers for watching this episode of What Catholics Believe. Until next time, we ask that you all remember the words of Our Lady at Fatima to consecrate yourselves and your families to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and finally to pray and do penance. Thank you, and God bless you.